0: On today's pod, we break down the John Collins trade. Not a strong market, but he's now part of the Utah Jazz. We'll look at that deal. and Maybe a little dame, a sliver of dame. Van Lathan, uh, we're going to talk about his Jokic downfall, um, but it's good. And then we just get into all sorts of stuff, um, like literally a lot of different things. And then he does life advice. And for just a little warning here, it, it may go a tad more aggressive than it has in the past. Enjoy. It's Ryan Rosillo podcast presented by FanDuel. The road to the NBA Finals starts now, and FanDuel is the best place to get in on the action. Right now, you can check out the new and improved Quick Bets, which are back and better than ever for the NBA playoffs and FanDuel. Find what you're looking for faster and easier with more props right at your fingertips. You can check out live bets like three-minute markets and exclusive live bets like quarter player props player-assist combos, and more. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, official partner of the NBA. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming, so please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 and older, 18-plus in D.C., and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit rg-help.com. This episode is brought to you by Arby's. $5 doesn't get you what it used to get you. I asked for change the other day. The guy gave me back four. Introducing Arby's new two for $5 chicken wraps. In your choice of ranch, barbecue, honey mustard, and a bonus flavor called Incredible Value. Ever heard of it? You can't taste it, but boy, is it sweet. Arby's two for $5 chicken wraps are here for a limited time at participating locations. Visit an Arby's near you or order ahead on the Arby's app not the biggest headline we've ever opened the podcast with, but John Collins was traded to the Utah Jazz. I want to talk about the deal. I want to talk about the market, some of the other stuff, and then just really who John Collins is. So three years, $78 million remaining on his contract, 25.5 million, 26.6, then 26.6, a player option when it'll be 28. I know I always make the joke about like, I probably pick that one up and he might not. He uh, plays well in Utah. Will Hardy's a terrific coach. Maybe he figures some things out and it's, 28 he decides you know what i'm gonna go back to the market with a rising cap speaking of contracts real quick gotta throw this in there uh dame lillard's contract i had said i think twice in the last few weeks because i was surprised i was like wait it's only it's up in two years that that happened fast no it's not up in two years my mistake i'm gonna fight through it though uh he has a deal going through 26 27 will be 36 years old and that's a player option for about 63 plus million Um, you can insert the joke then again there. So yeah, that would definitely make me more hesitant if I'm another team that feels like he doesn't like the other team going, do we need to do this? Now, I really think if you have cool owners, uh, owners that are willing to kind of understand this, be more flexible and then dip into the tax every now and then if you have owners that go, all right, you know, it's not great, but we'll figure it out. And I actually think Miami has that approach to it. Miami would be the team that goes, look, we're trying to keep this going now and adding in Dame for whatever other pieces. I just don't know what the Portland fit is where they could go, okay, we can, we can trade Lillard for a foundation of, of this. And then you also factor in like Miami's just so well run, how valuable would picks be from them in the future, which is another thing you have to factor in. So yeah, needed to uh, update that one because I kept saying it wrong a couple times. Speaking of Dame, and I promise I'll get off this because I think we're all sick of talking about the daily updates for it. Uh, would you do Scoot for Bridges to the Nets? Now, before Bridges turned into Brooklyn Nets, Mikhail Bridges, uh, I would wouldn't, definitely wouldn't do it. I just wonder if you're Portland, and we cannot overstate this, when you have a superstar in your small market, a place that is not an NBA destination, you probably want to exhaust, again, if you like the guy and everything like that, and there's no reports out there that it's become an issue or it's untenable, If Portland wants to keep him because he's so valuable to what they are as a franchise in that city, I wonder if that's the kind of deal you could go to him and say, look, this is probably the best that we can do, gets us off a young player. I would do it if I were the Nets. I really would. Um, And that's just me liking Scoot a lot. And even though I thought Bridges was a completely different player with them, you wonder, okay, is he really that guy as the number one option on a team that's fighting for the playoffs? Like, look, I don't even want to doubt him because Bridges was just so fantastic with Brooklyn with more opportunities and even showing us offensive stuff we hadn't really seen before. And I know he'd had some big point games for Phoenix when some of the other guys were out, but uh, it's just something I was thinking about uh, with all the different trade stuff that's out there for Dame. All right, so back to John Collins. So... Utah takes on the three-year 78 mil with the player option we mentioned in the back end. Atlanta gets Rudy Gay, who picks up his six-plus-million-dollar player option in a future second. That's the market for John Collins, right? Somebody that's been in trade rumors for, what, over two years, and, you know, at times you would heard stuff about what Atlanta could do for him, and that's what teams do with all their guys. They don't necessarily even want to trade them, but they just start talking and talking. And that's why some of the stuff that gets out, I'm like, well, I don't even know if that should have gotten out because it could have just been a casual conversation of like, hey, do you think you'd ever do this for this? Knowing both sides would never do it. And I'm pretty sure that Atlanta over the years of shopping Collins just didn't really like the offers, clearly, right? They didn't like any of them en- enough to ever pull the trigger on any of this stuff. Or maybe they were hoping that Collins would revert back to the guy that we saw in his third year. And we'll get to that here in a second. But that should tell you something that this was basically a salary dump. You didn't get any kind of asset here, really. Now, I know you're saying, Hawks fans, what about the trade exception? Yes, it is significant 25.3 million. I think it's the largest trade exception in the NBA right now. I know you've heard me talk about this before, welcome if you're new, but Bobby Marks, who used to work in the league, works for ESPN now, I was talking to him about it, this is a couple of years ago, and I said, do you have like any thoughts on the trade exception and how often they're actually used? Because they really always seem to be this, this sparkly thing that fan bases get excited about everywhere, like, oh my gosh, like what about this trade exception? And of course, he had a 70-page database that he shared with me, it hasn't been updated recently, but... The numbers came in like over 70% of them aren't even used. And if you start going through like in the 70 pages I was looking at this morning, the number of times the trade exceptions used for something that's over a $10 million transaction is even more rare. So yes, it's a thing and it's a possibility. And I'm not saying that it's not going to be used, but when you think of it, like the way the trade exception always feels like it's marketed. It's like, wait, we can just get like a $25 million player for free, even though we're over the cap. That's awesome. Okay, but think about the other side. Who exists on the other side that's not even a really good player, like, is okay, that's that expensive, that is only going to be worth a second rounder or a couple second rounders and then trade it into the trade exception where the other team isn't really getting anything back. Like, if that player's that expensive and kind of good, don't you think he gets something better than just trading into the trade exception? Now, yeah, there's different pieces and different movement and all that stuff, so... You don't have to use all of it, uh, but I, I always feel like those are totally overblown, and because they're so rarely used, I think times, like, fan bases can even forget, and we're like, oh, we had, what, two expired? <laughs> like, oh, what was that? You know, so we'll see. Not saying it's impossible. History says, not likely. And then think about both moving pieces, not just who you could potentially get. I remember Celtics fans talking about this massive trade exception forever being like, oh, well, wait, could they do this and do that and do like do all these different things? It's like, well, it's likely not going to be anybody that's really good because if you were really good and available in the trade market, the other team could probably do better than just your exception and what other spare pieces you're throwing in there. So we've covered that. Yeah, I mean, the funny part of it, be like, you mean like a John Collins type? I'm like, yeah, there you go. You could maybe do that in a trade exception. So Atlanta moves under the tax for now, uh, way under the second apron problems, which is why the Collins market may have been even more difficult uh, to find a partner with because any of the teams that were good that were already expensive. Are looking at the new financial restrictions, saying, All right, now this is even a less likely deal because we don't want to screw up the flexibility. So that also hurt the market there, too. But I know the owners had said the front office has the green light to go into the tax. And yes, we've had multiple ownership groups here over the last couple of decades, but Atlanta's paid the tax once in 20 years, by my count. And that was for like 600 grand. Uh, the new owners also remember dumped Kevin Herter last year. For Justin Holiday, who was a uh, hawk for 28 games, then he was traded. Also for a partially a trade exception, some other pieces in there. Mo Harkless was in that Herder deal. He played zero games. They also got an exception when they flipped him, not that soon after. So, you know, in the Herder deal, they also got a 24 or 25 first round pick that's top 12, top 10 protected. But that was based on Herder's talent, kind of a salary dump, right? Because they brought in McDonavich, they brought in Murray, they had the Trey Young extension, they've got the Clint money, they've got a Congo decision to make, they've got the Hunter extension as well. So, you know, they've been paying some guys, but it's just something that I'd say, okay, well, maybe they'll go into the tax, but even with this group not being there for the full run, run that I've talked about here, and the Herder deal alone, you're like, okay. So let's finish with John Collins. Who is he? All right, he's 25. It gives Utah a huge front line with Markinen and Kessler. He could probably play the small forward or power forward, although, you know, we're pretty much positionless on a lot of this stuff, although Kessler's probably not going to play shooting guard anytime soon. If you're a Utah fan, you're pointing back to that third year he's in the league, right? 1920. Uh the team wasn't very good. The Hawks won twenty games that year, but he was twenty two and ten on fifty eight percent shooting from the floor, forty percent from three. He makes his free throw, seventy eight percent for his career. The problem is you're like, who is, where's that guy? What happened to him? I know there's a bunch of different theories. Some may be accurate. Some might not be. I'm not sure that I'm 100% convinced of it. But the points from that time to last year went from 22 to 13, five less field goal attempts per game, only three less minutes. So it wasn't like his time was totally cut with some of the other picks that they've had here and inserted in the lineup. The field goal percentage from that season to this season, 58 to 51. The three-point shooting, 40% that year to 29% this year. The rebounds, 10 to 6.5. You could argue that maybe Clinton and Kongo getting out there, grabbing a couple extra to make the numbers look much worse. Uh, I know what you think I'm going to say. is like, oh, once Trey Young got there, he was a mess. But look, in that third year where Collins had his best season, Trey Young averaged 30 a game. It took like over 21 shots per. So the Trey Young experience was already happening. Um, I'd also have to admit that playing off a Trey, which you've heard me say before, probably wasn't the greatest time. And I just don't know if Collins, it felt like he got stuck in the corner a little bit more. There just wasn't going to be a lot of stuff between Murray and Trey and some of the shooting and then some of the lob stuff. It felt like Collins was kind of left out a lot of the time. What I will say, which is hard for me, I don't have a, a stat pack to throw at you here. I can just tell you, Years of watching games and hours of watching these teams, there's just something off with him. There's just something I don't like. I know he's super athletic. I know he's great in transition. I know that there's a really good chance he's a better shooter than we saw this past year. I think the Trey thing has some some truth to it, but like I said, when I point out his best season, Trey was was just entering kind of prime scoring Trey Young, so he's already played with that and actually done well. He just whether it's a drive and then a late pass where he had to lay up, and you're like, what was that? Or the shot attempt or the not really being able to dribble because unfortunately for him, some of the things you liked about his size and these perimeter skills that he flashed, when you don't get to do it in a game for a long time, that part of your game can just dissolve. So the shooting has to come back you know, a little bit more comfort into one or two dribbles. But I know Atlanta fans Are are probably, I don't know if they're agreeing with me or disagreeing with me on this one. I'm sure Utah fans are disagreeing, being like, no way, this guy's gonna be awesome. Will Hardy, all this stuff. Like he might, he might figure this out again. But like the total package with him, just some of the approach stuff, the decision making, where is he? You know, because there can be playoff games where we'll have single digits, and there's other games where he hits a few shots, you're like, oh, hey, John Collins. Like, that's that's who I think he is at this point. And so It's not that expensive. They had the cap space. It feels like Utah's trying to add somebody else to the backcourt. And we'll see. There you go. My John Collins summary. This episode is brought to you by Arby's. You know what I hate? Hate. Is after lunch, there's all this time before dinner. I hate it. So I'm always like, do I do this? It's like you should gain season, throw in a little something extra, an appetizer that just starts hours before dinner. It just gets so frustrating when there aren't great options. That's where Arby's new two for $5 chicken wraps come in. Available in your choice of ranch barbecue and honey mustard. They're perfect for that afternoon snack attack or as an add-on to your meal. Food buddies arby's two for five dollar chicken wraps are here for a limited time at participating locations visit an arby's near you or order ahead on the arby's app this episode is brought to you by hotels.com when i went on my last holiday to cape town it was amazing
1: my friends were there the weather was phenomenal and most importantly the food was fantastic but one thing i struggled with was finding the right places to stay ease
0: so start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the hotels.com app today van lathan back again um we've got him on higher learning we've got him on prestige tv the Ringerverse. Mm-hmm. he's all over yeah. the place uh there's yeah. a lot of different things that i want to tell whenever you're here i just want to catch up what's up
1: i'm chilling man what's up with you how's it going bro
0: i'm great things are good um do you want to start with Paul- jokic all right, you I want, want to start to, with Chris Paul?
1: I, well, first of all, let me let me just... No, actually, fuck it. Let's start with Jokic. Let's fucking start with Jokic, okay? All right. I, let's let us do
0: this. For Give us everybody. the timeline all, of your Jokic thoughts just to get everybody so caught up.
1: all of the sharks in the water right now swimming around for pieces of dark meat like chum in the water, okay? Let's start with Jokic. So look, this is how the Jokic thing started. I'm going to come clean here on my buddy's show, Ryan Rossillo. Okay, I'm going to come clean. This is how the Jokic thing started. I said that maybe there was a little bit of a mirage factor to Jokic because he hadn't won in the playoffs. Bill, oh my God, this is crazy. So then Bill, me and Bill and fucking Tommy Alter had a whole conversation. And in, in that conversation, Magic Johnson's name came up, Larry Bird's name came up. All I said was, hey, I don't think it's fair to compare Jokic to Magic Johnson and Larry Bird just yet. And Simmons outed me on Twitter. And ever since then, I had to double and triple down. This is what I do. My dad calls this dickhead momentum. All right. I've talked about this before. It's when you kind of know that you're wrong, but fuck it. We're fighting in the wire. Remember what what, uh, what, what Avon said or what uh, Slim Charles said? If it's a lie, we fight on that lie, right? I watched basketball at a certain point, because after that, I had to watch every minute of every Nuggets game. I watched the Nuggets two or three times a month before then, right? But before then, after that, I watched every single minute of a Nuggets game. And I'm thinking to myself, you know, I'm probably wrong about this. Okay. I'm probably wrong about this. The guy's the Terminator. Nobody can guard him one-on-one. He's fucking over everybody. He's making passes. To where he makes the pass, and I go, Oh, that's a turnover. And then Aaron Gordon comes out of nowhere, dunks the ball. Okay. And he's also making, he's also doing things on a basketball court that are simple, but that nobody does. As soon as he sees a double, he kicks it out. They know, they repost, go back into their action. He's just playing the right way every single time the ball comes to him. If there's a pass to be made, he makes the fucking pass, and then he shoots the three, and then he would do something that really, I felt like he was doing just because he knew that I was watching, right? He would just get a one-on-one and just dominate somebody just to just to let guys like me know that, hey, Aiden can't fucking guard me. It doesn't matter who you throw out. You throw out Anthony Davis, I will demoralize him, all right? But I had to keep it going until I just shut up about it. Guess what? I'll say it here right now for everyone. Jokic is fucking phenomenal. He's the best player in the NBA. He can pass it. He can shoot it. He can dominate. All right, that's it. It's a fact. Van was wrong about the Mirage thing. He was wrong. But I do think it's fair before we put somebody in the same sentence with Magic Johnson and Larry Bird to let them get some of those accolades. You guys, won. I lost. Jokic is Moses and Jesus combined. He both saved all the people and he saved the people in the New Testament as well. I'm serious. He's the man. All right. I know you're liking this, Ryan. You're liking this. I know you're enjoying this, but here's the thing. Jokic is the fucking one. I became so much like people, I it was, I, I was called a racist, which I always love, by the way. Would you guys when you guys call it. me a racist? I-, I love being called a racist, but I was called a racist. I was called a casual, which I am. I'm called, I'm what's called. So if you get a steak and you get it medium, you know, medium plus. Sure. You know, like right after medium, like, you know, I'm, I'm a casual plus. I'm a, I'm a little bit more than a casual, a little bit under than fucking you and KLC. I'm a casual plus. Took me a second. Shout out to the Denver Nuggets. I'll have fun rooting against them. For the next five years, at least.
0: I think the biggest thing that I saw for it, and this isn't me going like, "Hey, let's have Van on to do," because first of all, because I like you, and so it wasn't like I was, I didn't, I didn't have the same distaste for the point that you were trying to make that I have for some of the other Jokic stuff, because I think one of the points where it was in your favor was, why are we already comparing him to Magic and Bird, or specifically Bird? Uh well, I know why they're comparing him to Bird, but. Uh <laughs> the public. I, I just there's a resume part of it. It's kind of like is Mahomes Brady. You know, like he might be more talented than Brady is, and he's on a trajectory. But like we're not going to know the answer to that for another ten plus years. And for resumes, it's going to be tough to top that. So the Jokic playoff stuff, I think was partially true, but also not having Murray for like two of those runs, it was it was weird because in a in a way. Jokic is getting the individual accolades. He's in the MVP run again this year, but it wasn't like where Harden had been a top five finisher all those MVP years, and you're like, wait a minute. Why isn't this guy like doing more? If he's really this dude, Like, why isn't he doing more? And Jokic and Denver being so out of the title contender window there for two years and then winning it this year, I actually think it helped them. It helped them avoid some of the pressures that other teams have when they they keep failing, kind of like Boston, where people be like, they're really going to run it back and go right back into it. And there's, they're close to running it back. But it feels like Tatum and Brown deal with what's wrong with these guys more than Denver did, despite who Jokic was because Murray wasn't there. So... Well, really, I'll tell I, you this.
1: I'll tell you this. Yeah. Nobody, they were never going to have that pressure because nobody cares about them. So they So, there's a... First of all, I was wrong about the playoff thing. I was wrong. He didn't have his they probably would have been high level championship contenders prior to this had they not had the injury luck that they had also maybe. you maybe I, also, I don't know
0: i don't know if they were going to beat phoenix 2 years ago i cuz bill did this with us and i i think it's a little dangerous to just retroactively like oh they have murray so that means that they were already this team i don't know i you know i don't i think that's an assumption either way so go ahead but
1: but you look at gordon who a lot of people looked at that looked at Aaron Gordon as a player that wasn't necessarily a winning player, but you looked at what what he's been able to give him. Man, against the Lakers, KCP played like Ray Allen. You know what I mean? I mean, he reverted, but still, it was like, so I think not just in terms of me, not just was Jokic a little bit underrated by me, but Mike Malone and everything that they've been able to do with the pieces that they have. They've really been able to make not just an offensive identity, but a defensive identity as well. They're they're gritty, they play hard, they were they respond to every single challenge. You can't bully them, you can't out finesse them. They're really versatile, a, a really solid basketball team with good depth and good cohesion. So that's a fact. I don't know if that would have come a couple of years prior, or if they would have had all their guys together, or if they needed a couple of extra pieces, you know, it's like Bruce Brown and all of that stuff to kind of come in Braun, the kid from kansas all of these guys were able to kind of find themselves in different ways at different points in the playoffs and it, it really worked for them what i will say though is like people places like uh guys like james harden um jason tatum uh chris paul other guys around these are really high profile players they're high profile players in a way that nikola Jokic still isn't Like, Jason Tatum is still, at this point right now, a higher-profile player than Nikola Jokic. And part of that doesn't have anything to do with basketball. And this is the part that I think people sometimes um, uh, don't have a good grasp of. When people say it's unfair that Jokic isn't a bigger star, that more people don't talk about Jokic, I understand what they mean from an emotional standpoint. But in American sports culture, Very rarely do we talk about athletes who don't talk about themselves. And that's been going on for a long time. For a long time in this league, Tim Duncan could have been argued that he was the best player, right? Sure. There was never a situation where kids were like, I want to be like Tim Duncan. They still wanted to be AI. They still wanted to be Kobe. They still wanted to be Tracy McGrady because those players were just more marketable as stars. Like, I had this argument again with people and they were like, if, like someone once told me that if Jokic was a 6'9 black guy from Alabama, that he would be the biggest, if he was a seven foot black guy from Alabama, he'd be the biggest star in the league. I said, no, there's never been black or white a guy like that who didn't have any personality who, I'm not saying he doesn't have any personality, I'm saying he just. Right, right, right. He's yeah, not selling you know what I'm saying? He's right. not selling a guy like that who was the biggest star in the league. There's never been. Like Bird, to be honest with you, is the closest thing to that. And even Bird's surliness, his arrogance, his flair, there was something that a large portion of America related to about him. And also, he was American, French Lake, Indiana. There's something to that. And he also had a foil in Magic Johnson that they could go back and forth of. So a lot of this stuff has to do with Denver. And it also has to do like with the fact that he doesn't care to be A captivating personality. That's not who he is. He goes out there like the Terminator, red beams in his eyes, heads up display, and kills everything on the basketball court. And then this motherfucker goes and rides some horses. So if it's going to be about whether or not Nikola Jokic can be the face of the league, I think that people are going to still bump their heads up against uh, other players who, for whatever reason, People fucking dig more as p- personalities and not necessarily as basketball players, because it's very difficult to argue right now that he's not the best player in the league.
0: Yeah, I think that's the best part about this is that next year, a lot of the bullshit that we've seen the last two years regarding the MVP thing, like, I just don't know if however you want to define that camp, that group, like they just they're going to have to lay down the swords on that one. Right. Right. They're going to have to lay down the swords of like, oh, some of these numbers don't mean anything and all that stuff because he controls it every single time. And like you said, I remember watching the playoffs where I went, it's so weird when he makes a mistake because every possession's like the right possession. But as far as star power and that stuff, you're right, too, because like when you're a little kid and you're outside and there's a hoop, if you're lucky enough to have a hoop or you're somewhere else, like a lot of times it's you dribbling by yourself. You're not setting up at the elbow pretending to hit cutters that are imaginary friends you know you're not you're not doing any of that stuff and then I think the American international part is just the reality of it it's just the reality of you know if the guy were the personality part I would I would defer to you on but I think we're also agreeing on just the reality of a guy that's from a foreign country that most people can't point to on a globe there's going to be a slight disconnect with younger kids that are from this country it's just I don't I don't know why that would be even to be debated.
1: So, I watch a lot of boxing, right? Right. Uh, a huge amount of boxing. And in that sport, very rarely is the best fighter in the world the biggest star in the world. Like it happened with Floyd Mayweather Jr. for a long time. And people can say, uh, you know, whatever they want about Floyd's resume in terms of when he fought people and all of that stuff, like that. But the reality of it is that he was the most skilled boxer for a long time and he also happened to be boxing's biggest personality. But man, if I talk to guys about uh, NUA or about for a time when Chocolate Tito was the number one fighter in the world or for a time when you could argue that Andre Ward was up there in terms of pound for pound, like there's all kinds of things that stop guys, right? For for a long time, uh, uh, Triple G was knocking everything that he fought out. He was just brutalizing people. And he wasn't on pay-per-view. It was all HBO Championship Boxing. And the reason why was because Shippo G didn't speak great English. You know what I mean? Because he didn't speak great English and he couldn't really sell a fight, the fact that he was the most dominant fighter, maybe in the world—I don't know if he ever made it to pound for pound number one—meant that there was a ceiling on his star power. And there have been other fighters from other parts to be like, "God, if this guy just like like just spoke English, or if he could get to this." Now, if you're a Mexican fighter, it's different because you got a whole country with you and all of that stuff like that. I'm not saying that any of this stuff is fair. I'm saying that the star power argument and the best player argument are two completely different things. Jokic has cemented that he's the best player in the league to me. You'd have to be a real hater not to believe that. I think Giannis is the best two-way player in the league, but Jokic just drug his team all the way uh, to, to a championship, right? He just took them, these guys all the way to a championship. He's got a good team. He took them to the championship. He's the best player in basketball. Whether or not he wants to be the biggest star in the game or be the guy that we all talk about all the time, I don't know, and I don't know if it'll ever happen.
0: I don't think this is that different than just expanding on the principle of like, if there's a kid from your hometown, right? If there's a kid from your hometown that plays D1 college ball, then there's an extra piece of pride in that, right? Then if that kid were to make it to the pros and you knew him, or you're to the point where you're of the age, you have a kid who played AAU with another guy, and then he's you know maybe going to get drafted. You know, this is all, you know, there's a connection to it being something that feels a little bit more local. And I think there'd be pushback from me saying, like, well, Jokic may have to... Look, he also doesn't want it. So that's the most important thing. But the struggles that Jokic would have maybe relating the same way American star would to, like, a young group of kids. And you can say, well, what about Messi? What about Ronaldo and all this stuff? And young soccer fans in the States that love those dudes. Yeah, but the difference is we don't have a full league of American soccer players or a version of international soccer where the best soccer is being played in our own country, like we do basketball.
1: Yeah, they're the so, only guys we can love because they're right. the best guys at this. You know what I mean? They're the best guys at their sport. So if if there was an American... I've always wondered this too, if this will ever happen. If there was an American guy, an American soccer star that was Messi or Ronaldo, bruh, it would be nuts. Like it, it would... It, it, As as big of a star as Messi, Ronaldo, Mbappe, Neymar, all of these guys, uh, even David Beckham was the closest thing you got to that. And David Beckham was never quite the best soccer player in the world. He was actually somebody who was a really great soccer player, but his star power actually was probably a little bit higher than what he did on the field because he was kind of the celebrity married to posh spies he could he spoke english he was a white guy all of that stuff matters when you're building a star brand and people don't think about that when they think about you know michael jordan or some of these other guys michael jordan was the best basketball player in the league he was also a great looking charismatic pitch man who uh was able to like translate culture basketball culture to the entire world. Muhammad Ali was the best fighter. He also could sell a fight like nobody else. Mike Tyson was a little bit different, but he had this entire story and his he was quirky enough and he said crazy shit enough. So like for the other part of it, I think people are going to have to like one one part of Jokic's argument is is done. The other part is just not about basketball. And if it's not about basketball, let him decide if he wants to be on the corner, uh, on the cover of a Wheaties box or in all of these commercials or do all of that stuff. I don't think that he wants to do that, though.
0: Yeah. Okay. You want to ask me about Chris Paul?
1: Yeah, man. Look, Look, let me tell you something right now, bro. I saw that you were talking to Chris Paul. Ryan, you know, bro, look, you really, you're really connected, bro. Out here in these streets, you really got, I see, I see you doing your thing. You're out here. You're talking to Chris Paul. Chris Paul's, what is he? Is He was 39? Yeah. Okay. So let me tell you what what this Chris Paul situation is in in Golden State. This is a Jay-Z Nas type of situation here. And I'll tell you why. Jay-Z and Nas went back and forth, right?
0: By the way, Chris Paul just turned 38. My bad. I should know that. We're so close.
1: Yeah, it's your friend. It's your friend. You guys grew up, you know, all way back in the day. It's all this stuff that you guys go. It's your pal. It's your guy. Joan
0: Chevron. Yeah,
1: yeah. Um. So Jay Z and Nas have a battle. They go back and forth. The youngins might not remember this, but I was in college at the time this happened. You remember this? You 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 know like to tell people that how much you love hip hop and all of that stuff that makes it you know it's like Orion hip hop thing. It's part of your hey, I'm Ryan and I'm cool thing. I dig it, um, <laughs> like,
0: like. Wait, um, so you have to tell people he likes hip hop? That's, that's kind of how I heard that.
1: That's that's what that's what I'll say to people. Some people will say something to me like, "Man, you know, you fuck with Rosillo. i will be like, "Nah, don't worry about it. He likes trap call course, He's cool."
0: Are we still? Uh, are we still year three of? Oh, you fuck with Rosillo questions? Because I'm I'm hearing this still a little longer than I thought I would.
1: Am I to that point?
0: Yes. No. Are you Are you hearing? No. Not you and I. But no. somebody else said it to me recently. So, uh,
1: so I. But yeah. what you don't understand is I'm a troll. So if I know <laughs> that somebody kind of feels that way, underline it, like <laughs> under. I'll be like, oh, I'm going to Ryan's house. I can't hang out with you. It's like, nah. Me and Ryan go. We hang out at Haddon Beach. We eat canes and we do all kinds of stuff. We just have what I call white boy weekends with Ryan, and you can't come. So because you're just whatever. So I bring it up to him, and then they then they get mad, and I go. Y'all don't even understand what we do? We fucking listen to Tribe Called Quest. We watch old LSU games from like '96, and it's the best. And you can't come, and then they get mad, and, and they're like, "What?" So I
0: use you to troll them. Okay. All right. All right. We you did like a menace that? to society draft.
1: All all types of shit. You know what I'm saying? Like all different. We're Sidney Portier. We're doing yeah. all kinds. Of, like the, we're going deep.
0: But here's the hey thing. by the way you watched the original office right the original yes. one yeah when ricky gervais delivers that line to do you know who my favorite actor is <laughs> the delivery and then the walk away and the way that is shot when he's like Sid- mr Sidney portier i mean the sydney portier <laughs> and then the guy's like oh and he's like yeah. And he's yeah. Like, fucking walking away being like, what a win. What a, That guy's going to now think Got of differently. Got right. <laughs>
1: Um, Right. So.
0: Back to your thing. Right.
1: Back to the thing. So, Chris Paul, Jay-Z, Nas. Uh, uh, you know, Nas, Ether, Jay-Z, back and forth. Like, you have Takeover, great song, great song, maybe a better song than Ether. And then you have Ether that comes back and just kind of gets Jay-Z. Right. But in the long run, a lot of people will still look at the fact and feel like Hove won that battle because uh, Nas ended up basically working for Jay-Z later on. Like, Jay-Z basically signed Nas, all right? So it was a whole thing. When I saw that Chris Paul was signing with the Warriors, I love Chris Paul. I love Steph. I love everyone, okay? That was really interesting to me because obviously Steph has had more success in his career than Chris Paul has. But the petty in me goes, bruh, the fact that they were seen as foils for so long and now they're going to be together. Even if Paul is running second unit, I don't know how they're going to do this. I don't suspect that they'll do that. I don't know what. You'll tell me what you think the the rotations will look like. But is it any way, does it feel good to win a ring if you had to do it on Steph's team? He shook you, made you fall down. He kind of took the West from you. It was, it's just, it's kind of the petty shit that I wonder if these players really care about.
0: What do you think? At this stage for Chris Paul, past his prime, I don't think it's as egregious. Now, that's going to sound like, oh, wait, you found a way to stick up for Chris Paul. Um, I like the analogy, except I don't know that Paul was ever at Steph's level as far as the team success thing. It, he, he wasn't. Just, right. I mean, I know it's easy to say four rings, zero, cool, Russillo, great NBA segment. But I mean, like, taking the West from him, was it ever Chris Paul's West?
1: No, but when I say that, what I mean is that there's, it, it was never Chris Paul's West, but the ascension of Steph Curry, he stepped over Chris Paul. They started fucking over the Clippers. And it, it started to become obvious that Steph had a level that maybe Chris didn't, right? And Chris Paul is a f- fabulous player, all right? But I personally believe that, and Kobe Bryant is my favorite athlete of all time. Is Jokic better than him right now, you think? Better than
0: Kobe? Yeah, if you're going to compare him to Magic and Bird, I just wonder why. Does that mean he's already nah. past Kobe? What
1: are you trying to do right now? <laughs> what, are you, what are you, like, what's going on,
0: Ryan? <laughs> Keep Ryan, it in mind. Ryan, you, wanna, fucking...
1: you want me to blow a gasket right now? All
0: right. <laughs> I just, hey, it's something I thought about. I'll do it on another podcast.
1: Do it on another podcast. He hasn't yeah. passed fucking Kobe yet. Um, he, he hasn't. But I'll say this, though. I'll say that that. That that MVP that Kobe won, you could make a really good argument that that should have been Chris Paul's MVP, and that the the Kobe should have won in some prior years that they didn't give it to him. Chris Paul, even at that point, was playing out of his mind, and he had the Hornets in a pretty good spot, right? So, like in terms of you know the the level that Chris Paul was going to get to. I think part of the criticism of his career is that people expected at some point one day that Chris Paul would be a multiple champion, that he would be the guy that would win an MVP, that his all time greatness would be cemented by either the MVP or the championships. And it seems to kind of have not happened. Everybody knows how amazing, how great he is, but it seems to have kind of not happened. Um, and it did happen for Steph. And we watched it actively not happening for Paul. And we watched it actively happen for Steph. So it's almost like Steph kind of stepped in the way of Chris Paul. The Clippers never got to where they were supposed to go to. That was partly because of the wars, partly because the team had some non-winning players on it. But, and now, if he does win it, it seems like he's winning it. Uh, it seems like he's he's signing the Def Jam a little bit. Am I being too crazy and petty?
0: Yeah, I'm just not there with you on it. I'm sorry, because you got traded there. I I don't think it's like Durant, where Durant mid-prime goes to Golden State, which would feel a little bit like Nas working for Jay-Z. I like that, you know, do you think, this is weird, because I always felt like Jay-Z being this, like, undisputed, Best rapper in the game thing. I'm like, why, why is he just the best? Is it the money? Is it is it the aura? Is it all these things? Like it his peak, I like Nas ten times more than I like Jay Z. But mm-hmm. the catalog, the catalog for Nas, there's definitely like I don't know if you're gonna be doing any of the second half of his career, no skips. You know, like that's not gonna happen. So
1: The second half, Nas been on fire. What the fuck you talking about, man? Nas been doing his thing. Are you, crazy. Come on. Come on. Nas, what? Nas been, Nas been doing his thing. Nas has aged in hip-hop as well as any rapper has, man. Nas been doing his thing. You think that Jay-Z has had a better second... I mean, you could argue whether or not he's had a better second half than Hove or not, but I would say that Nas, that over the... Poor, if you look at some of the stuff that Nas has been doing with Hit Boy, I mean, the Kanye album was really bad. That was bad. But even Life is Good, all of that stuff is good. It's good rap. It's just that people care a little bit less about what he's doing and what Hove is doing. He's moved into the connoisseur level. Hove has moved into this sort of cultural ubiquity that that makes everybody care about every single verse that he spits. And that's something that, you know, that uh, again is about, we're not, when we're talking about these two guys, we're not necessarily talking about even musical output. We're talking about musical output mixed with fan lore. And how what Jay Z means to culture, he's this sort of cultural behemoth that a lot of people believe never takes a loss, even though he has taken
0: losses. Right, but I mean, I think that kind of proves the point: is that we're not even talking about just who's a better rapper. We're talking about like all of this other stuff that Nas sure. doesn't have, and so business like, acumen, all of that. It's stuff, right, yeah. it's kind of like some of the Jordan lebron stuff where you're like okay but what about the shoes i'm like well first of all i'm not picking anybody other than jordan and then you add all these other like that's not that's not important like yes lebron's shoes are a little chunky a little chunky uh Mm -hmm. for some of the smaller perimeter guys out there but as i try to bring it full circle to the whole thing like i i don't know though like who's who do you think is more popular who do you think's more popular not just on twitter but like in basketball lore chris paul or steph curry Right? Steph that's not Curry. right. It's not close. It's not close. Yeah. But is it the same? Is the parallel is why this point's actually kind of great? Because the parallels that like when I listen to Nas, I <laughs> this is really stupid, and you can call me out for it. But I'd be like, Oh, that's like a real dude. Like that's a real dude. Mm-hmm. And I think some people have hesitated from Steph. Because they're like, oh, like Steph, Steph early on, man, he would get shit on just for having like a good upbringing. Mm -hmm. You're like, wait, so he doesn't have the Iverson factor. Like the Iverson thing was so cool because it just was different. And it was obviously very marketable back to like one of your original points. I guess I would be the guy in the group that would be like, Yeah, I'm sorry. Like the rest of my friends that all would tell me, like, Jay Z's the best, Jay Z's the best over and over and over again. And maybe I'm just sagging from that. I'd be like, I actually still like Nas better. And they'd be like, Shut the fuck up.
1: So there's plenty of people who like Nas better, right? Yeah. Plenty of people who like Nas better. Nas is one of those guys that's just born to rap, born to rap, born to rap. You know, I still think about things that Nas has said and they still impact me. I think the thing with Hove is that. He there's been very few people who checked off all the boxes like that, like who could. You can't really say anybody straight rap, straight raps better than Jay Z. He is master level at that. He's master level at swag. He's master level at taste. He's master level at all those things. Now I have issues with Jay Z. I don't want to get into a whole Colin Kaepernick situation. I don't think we're to that point yet. I don't even but like, know. I, yeah, I, right. Like yeah. I, like, I, like I don't want to. I want to get into that 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 entire thing. But I'll say that like you can't deny that. If you're checking out boxes in terms of mogul, all of that stuff, that's what he gets. As far as just rapping, there are plenty of guys out there that if we're just talking about just rapping, you're going to put in the same conversation with Jay-Z as far as that's concerned. But when people talk about Hov is the greatest, they're talking about hits. They're talking about critical impact. They're talking about sales. And all of those things are things kind of like a yoga situation that Nas Kinda didn't really ever really gave a fuck about. It. He's kind of an artist artist, you know what I mean? Right. Except a couple of points in his career where he tried to do it, and then he kind of came back to it.
0: Yeah, I think uh, I think that's fair. I think I think we kind of nailed it. Uh, I, w- I would. Hope. Cal- because, cal- cause, cal- cause, like, no, but just to add, like one little thing: Like if LeBron <laughs> ends up owning an NBA franchise, mm-hmm. like I don't want to reassess the is he better than Jordan shit. <laughs> it's like no, this is. All the stuff you said about Jay-Z is right. All of that is like, you know, I don't like to look at anything or anyone and be like, oh, that's unobtainable. But like, if you're another rapper and you're looking at that, you're like, that's likely unobtainable. So if that's not going to happen, right. If that's the argument, I'm not even interested in having it. If you're just talking Mm -hmm. about like the one thing that I pay attention to when I used to throw in the CD, when I used to go back to it, right. Just be like, hey, come home. Be like, you know what I want to listen to right now Mm -hmm. is this. And the number of times it was illmatic versus anything from Jay Z's cat, like it's not even. You'd think the data was wrong. You'd be like, yeah. you got to run these numbers again. There's no way he, he listen to that this much. So when it's
1: when it's Rosillo, when you're in your hoodie, you got your beanie on. You know what I'm saying? You're in Queens.
0: And you're 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 you
1: frequenting the club. Just just hanging no, not even,
0: man. Just hanging out.
1: Just hanging out on the street, you know, it's like Prodigy walks by, you rest in peace. You're like, What's up, Prodigy? And you're like, Oh man, that kid Nas like when you really when you was there. I envision you as Jimmy Rabbit from eight mile. Like that's you. Like that was that was you in the club. Not necessarily on there. You could have said Cheddar everybody. Bob.
0: You could have said Cheddar Bob. I appreciate it. Nah dog, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna do
1: you like that, bro. But but you know, just Jay Z is not the greatest rapper of all time.
0: Uh, but By the way, who do that, you like? Like, who do you like just rapping that would surprise us?
1: Just rapping? Yeah. That I think is dope? Yeah. Um, is there anybody you've been going back
0: to lately that you're like, oh man, I keep going back to this?
1: Oh, bro, so look, I am on a real kick with like going back to the music of my youth. Let me tell you somebody that I like that you guys aren't. That you guys aren't gonna believe in or give a fuck about, because remember I'm from Baton Rouge, right? Right. I hear the genius in Silk the Shocker. I hear the genius, Ryan. Y'all don't hear it. No, you know I I'm don't. Saying? I don't. Y'all, y'all don't hear the genius in Silk the Shocker. Y'all don't hear the genius. I'm gonna put it down for all my hustlers, good relations. I called was kind of calling for all in California to me, all the turning my back on my soldiers. Or something I never do. You know what I'm saying? I, I hear the genius in Silk the Shocker. I've been listening to Silk. For so long, what are we going to do? Shock the world, charge it to the game. It ain't my fault. All of y'all listen to, sh- to Silk, and y'all can't hear it. Like, I hear it, but I hear, and I'll tell you something else. All of this offbeat rapping that people are talking about, these 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 uh, guys from Detroit and some of the guys from LA and all of these other guys that do like the kind of off-the-beat type of rapping situation, Silk been doing that. And so for me, the one rapper that I ride for that I'm telling you, no, when I tell you nobody agrees, well, I'm listen, the people in Baton Rouge don't agree. The Whoa. people in New Orleans don't agree. They don't agree. I'm telling you, the rap, one rapper that I ride for, it's not my favorite rapper, but I think really was ahead of his time was Silk the Shocker. Bruh, put that silk on. Put that shit on, bruh. I should have get you going. Rissolo, I'm doing it the today. Gym.
0: I'm doing it today. Today's a uh, day one of a new push pull. So I'm going to, I'm going to do it. Um, I love it. Cause you know, do what's you funny? like Southern rap? I've had a hard time with it. Historically. You about <laughs> to fuck up, Brian?
1: You about to, everything that I've built for us, right. right? Everything that I've built for us, which is, you know, white boy weekend, like all of this stuff. You're about
0: to fuck up. Go ahead. I will tell you, That something happens to you once you get into those state lines, though. All right. (laughs) Something (laughs) happens to you where like, wipe me down comes and you're like, "You oh, shit, that's what I'm talking about. And you just freak out. You fucking lose your mind. And you're like, all I want to do is only hear this. I want to hear this music. I don't want to not hear it. We got into a car (laughs) and I was like, we need I was like, put it back on. It's all. I don't want to hear anything. I don't want to hear yeah. anything north of Tennessee. I don't even know what the rap game is like in Knoxville right now. I don't keep up with it. Um, so, yes, there's something. I, ha- I think I have to be there. But for you today, I'm going to put on a little silk. What do you think the age is of the last time you memorized a full song?
1: Oh, man, like a full song.
0: You know, like a new song? Like a I, full new song? I doubt it's a full. Have you memorized a full new song like within a year, the last two years? So I would say
1: that there is a song that I like. There's a guy called Westside Boogie. You ever listen to him?
0: No, not to be confused with Westside Guns. Not to be confused with Westside Guns. Look that you. last one I really liked, by the way. Grisella, you fuck with Griselda. Oh, I thought I was shit. like, whoa, like, here we go. Oh,
1: shout out to Wes and, like, and
0: Yeah, man. I like—I really like that. I mean, it's not even yeah. that old. That's, that's, what, a few months, I think? I yeah, don't... no, those guys are amazing. But, like, so
1: Westside Boogie, bruh. Westside Boogie from out here in L.A. He's got some records that I really love. And I actually wanted to learn the lyrics. So let, listen to how old I am. <laughs> so I was in the gym boxing with Nick Young. And Nick Young put the shit on and it's like, this my self-destruction, something, 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 can't remember. No, nah. I'm like, what the fuck? Does that sound hard? So I wanted to learn the lyrics. So I put on, on my Apple music, the little thing where the lyrics come up. And so I memorized several West Side Boogie songs. You know what I'm saying? And so that would be the last time because at this point I'm old. And so sometimes I don't understand what they're saying. I just know that I'm I'm vibing along with it. But Westside Boogie, I love him. He is really a phenomenal artist. He's signed to um to Shady, so he's signed to Eminem, Interscope, Shady Interscope. No, so, I mean I say I say that to you because you know I know that you probably need like an ambassador to listen to him. So I'm, I know that Eminem would do that for you. So you go ahead and listen to Westside Boogie
0: now. You know, shockingly enough, I was not into Eminem. I know that that would. Of- It's not, it doesn't shock me because that would ruin your whole thing. Yeah. Uh, You know why it was? It was actually very racist. It was very racist. (laughs) Why? Because I was, I was just outside of that age. Like I missed out on Coke threesomes and tattoos. Like it seemed to be just the generation right after me. Christ. Yeah. So like. Whatever, when we graduated from school and then like five years later, dudes were like, did you hear about what's going on? And I'm like, what? Like, man, (laughs) that window, that window was open in a hurry. And during that time, I'd also start to see like a kid with a non-stock muffler on like a Mazda 7 just banging, banging, you know, Slim Shady. And ah. he was almost always smoking and his t-shirt needed to be updated. So I would see that. I was still like in Vermont too. So I would like, go. Oh, I don't, I'm not doing that. Like I'm not doing that. I'm not. Now I respect the hell out of him. I had to go back and be like, hey, these, there's some amazing stuff here. But because I missed the early window when it was happening, because of a refusal to give in, to what I thought was pretty stereotypical at that time, I was like, I'm not doing that.
1: You know what the crazy thing is? What? I was a gigantic fan. Seven different levels to devil worshiping horse's heads, human sacrifices, cannibalism, candles and exorcisms, animals having sex with them, camels, mammals, and rabbits. But I don't get into that. I kick that habit. I just beat you to death with weapons that eat through the flesh, and I never eat you unless the fucking meat looks fresh. Like, Eminem was nuts to me. I was like, he was twisting up my brain. And then I got to 27, and I couldn't listen to it anymore. It's just like, all oh, went bad. Like, the music spoiled. Like you can go back and you can, you can go back and you can listen to to a lot of it now um like the marshall Mas l p is still a classic he has some, but like I got to a point and I don't understand it's to where it's like I would turn on like kill you when I was just a little baby boy i used my mother used to tell me these crazy things She used to tell me my daddy was an evil man she used to tell me he hated me i'm like i'm not, I don't not. want to listen to this it was just it got it was so gnar, bro it it, it got it was very gnar to the point to where I just couldn't do it anymore. It, it's, he's amazing. But like, and I was so into it for so long, but, you know, and there's still great songs and he's still a really important rapper, Guilty conscience, and all of this, but in every song, somebody gets their head cut off and, and I'm going to drag you in the forest and do all of that. And I know he's just fucking around, <laughs> but I just, I got to a point in life where I just kind of outgrew it. But I I was a huge fan. Yeah.
0: And because you're good at this and, you know, we, we, whenever we talk about it, like I would never say, oh, you know, whatever. I like, I just didn't, it wasn't for me at that time. And then because of my own bullshit, I just didn't (laughs) understand it. And then I had to go back and appreciate it, but it was, it was too late. Like it wasn't going to take. And then you're right. Like it could be 10 months. What's going on with you? Like, I remember talking to a buddy. I was like, Hey, I was listening to this. And he said, you know, I'm kind of really like just focused on positive rap right now. And it was just <laughs> silence. We're like, what the fuck are you sitting out there? Tennessee, you know, like.
1: <laughs> oh, you bought the disarrested development. <laughs> no, oh, my I, I God. Just, I just was what? like,
0: you know, <laughs> I'm going to throw in America's Most Wanted, dude. But yeah, good luck with that. Like, I just, I was like, what? but I would say, like, recently, whether it's Doom, I'm on, like, a big Doom kick again. And then um, Mad Lib, and the Quasimodo thing. I can listen to the Quasimodo stuff. I, I just think it's fucking brilliant.
1: Are you a Freddie Gibbs
0: guy? I am, but I'm not real educated on it. I know I like it, and I need to really dig in and go through it. Because you know who loves Great. him is Chris Long. Chris Long loves Freddie Gibbs. He even had him on the pod. So he was like, look, you got to get on. Then he kind of started sending me stuff. And every time I heard it, I liked it. But there has to be, like, when you're outside of my impressionable phase, and I don't know if I have any more. I don't know if I have any more of those. Probably mm-hmm. not. But if you're outside of that, it's it's hard for you to have like the same space for me. Like it's, it's just, I don't know. I actually think this is like a really interesting conversation about creative people in general. But like, do you run out of ideas? Or the first idea is the one you thought about the most. So therefore they're the most, you know, likely to resonate with people. And then you're kind of out of them. Like, look, we've seen different people do that kind of stuff. But like on the other side of it, As you get older, do you become less impressionable? Do you become almost stubborn about art, music, film, TV, all this kind of stuff? Like, because you've seen it all already? Because I just can't imagine. Like, I was listening to something the other day and I was realizing, like, how big of a deal. Like, every song that I was listening to, I knew exactly where I was when I first listened to it. I knew how I felt. I knew how my fucking apartment smelled. Like, I just, it just took me back to this moment. And then I was like, will you ever care about a CD? the way you cared about this one and it just time travels you back to it. I'm like, nah, it's not going to happen. I don't think, I don't know that anyone could ever do anything that I would care about that much anymore at this stage of my life.
1: So it's an interesting conundrum for hip-hop because specifically as a genre, we've seen it, we're seeing a lot of people age gracefully in hip-hop and we're seeing hip-hop artists be able to do things uh, a little longer but it's still an interesting interesting conundrum for hip-hop because of one thing So most directors or, um, or actors, even sometimes or musicians in other genres, they have longevity through reinvention, like they reinvent themselves. Right. Right. So if you look at, if you take like, uh, if you take like, um, PT Anderson, right. Uh, and you look at Boogie Nights, right. I mean, he comes back to a similar style with licorice pizza, but He kind of goes away from that, right? He goes from Boogie Nights feels, Heartache feels reminiscent of, Boogie Nights feels reminiscent of Heartache, and then Magnolia feels reminiscent of of Boogie Nights. It's kind of the same style of movie that he's making. He can't make that same movie for 30 years. So you see his style grow a little bit, right? You see, like, A Punch Drunk Love come in, and then you see... Wes
0: Anderson's like, wait, you can't?
1: (laughs) Well, I mean, w- w- Wes is kind of the guy that, I mean, there's always a couple of guys that do do that. But right. for the most part, the the filmmakers that that really capture a lot of people, it's like they grow. Like PT does, then there will be blood. And then the master and the movies are different, right? You reinvent, you try different things, you go different places. Even Scorsese has done that. People remember for so Scorsese for movies like, Casino and Goodfellas and The Departed and stuff like that, but in there are also like comedy, The Age of Innocence, uh, The Last Temptation of Christ, all of these movies where he's trying different things. Hip-hop is sometimes a genre where it's difficult to reinvent yourself because authenticity is so important. So it's like, if you reinvent yourself from the dude that you told everybody was so real, then what does it mean for that guy? And that's actually one reason why Jay Z has been able to be, uh, to 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 be so lauded for a long time is because he reinvented his sound without necessarily reinvented his, reinventing his message. So whole first comes out and it's premiere, 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 premiere. Um, all of these other people, but then Jay develops a different sound with Timbo. He develops a different sound with Just. He develops a different side. It wasn't all Premiere, by the way. It was just, he would work with Premiere a lot. But he de- develops a different sound with the Trackmasters. And he, and you hear how the Blueprint sounds and the Blueprint 2 sounds and and all of this. And then it's DJ Toomp and No ID. he, he, and, and, you know, obviously Kanye West, he reinvents his sound without reinventing his message and a lot of guys, that's hard for them because they're not versatile enough to do it. And what they want, like if you want Get Rich or Die trying 50 Cent, he just can't be that guy forever. He can't. That 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 album is about boo-boo, Fifty street guy, right? And so when 50 comes out and he gives you that, he gives, be- gives you beg for mercy, he's as creative and as dope as anybody has ever been in it, right? Um, And he has as much to say. But the question is, if he gives you a a techno album um, when he's 31 or an album that's inspired by UK Grime or something like that, will you accept it from him? And then if not, then you're essentially asking him to make the same album every single time he raps. That's another thing that Drake doesn't have to deal with because Drake isn't locked into this thing of I'm this guy from anywhere. Drake can basically be a dude from the Caribbean one time and he can be a dude from London. He can do all of this other stuff. So because it's it's pop music at that point. And I think hip hop is still kind of uh, adjudicating its relationship with authenticity and longevity.
0: That was really well said. That was a great (laughs) close and it actually brought us back to Jay-Z. So I I wasn't expecting that. You want to do a couple of life advice with us? Of course. This episode is brought to you by Viore. It's time to ditch your old work outfit. Seriously, just let them go and try Viore clothing instead. Their activewear wear is unbelievable. Sometimes I wear it and I go, do I look too good? I don't want to be at this peak level of awesomeness in their joggers every single day. This is going to be hard to maintain, but that's what the joggers do for you. Whether you're sort of business cash, whether you're just around the house, whether you're working out, whether you're getting on a plane and you're going to be in your seat for a long time, the joggers just give you a hug for the entire flight. It's soft, it's comfortable. You're never going to want to take them off. Incredible versatility. You can wear it while taking part in different kinds of exercises, running, training, swimming, yoga, and more. Viore, yoga class, that just makes sense. The Sunday jogger. Is the number one go to. And of course, the core short out now. Get yourself some of the most comfortable and versatile clothing on the planet. Our listeners get 20% off their first purchase at viori.com slash ryan, R Y E N. That's V U O R I.com slash ryan. You want details? Bye. I drive a Ferrari 355 Cabriolet.
1: What's up? I have a ridiculous house in the South Fork. I have every toy you can possibly imagine. And best of all, kids, I am liquid. So now you know what's possible.
0: Let me tell you what's required. Let's see here. Graduated girlfriend still in college. All right, here we go. 185, high school, cross country and track runner, trying to get back into shape since I'm carrying a couple too many beers from college around these Mm. days. Graduated from a mid-sized college. Uh, We'll leave out more details, although he keeps it pretty vague. Barely made it out on time, uh, but I did it. I got a pretty nice accounting job at a nice firm here. About two months before graduating, I started hooking up with a sophomore I met at school. Let's call her Jen. Jen's a really cool girl. We met, uh, we get along really well. We live about 25 minutes away from each other at home and went on a couple dates right after high school or wait, what? No, right after school, not high school. That would be weird. We're college age. We're college age here. Uh, Right after school finished up, we've now been officially dating for about a month. It's been going great, but I'm starting to question whether the difference in lifestyle is going to be a problem for us. I'm working 8 to 5.30 or 6 most days with a 45-minute commute. This makes seeing each other on weekdays difficult. And while for now we can make it work, I'm concerned about what it'll be like in the fall. Plus, I'm not exactly itching to keep going out on weekends at the same college bars I've been going to for years as a 22-year-old graduate. Although, I know you're, you're really down on the idea of doing that. Looking back on it, I don't know. It's kind of like I know it just would feel like, oh, my God. Because in, in the eyes of everyone that's in that school still, they're like, who's this 30-year-old, even though you were just there months ago. But anyway, also, my former school is 45 minutes away from my house uh, as well. So that just makes spending time together a little more difficult. I'm wondering if it's worth it to invest time in this relationship when I have to wait through two more years as of, of us living very different lives along the way. I know the first thing you'll ask is, how do I normally do with the ladies? So I'll note that I'm above-average-looking guy, and I think my track record backs that up. I'm definitely the hotter one in the relationship. God but I'm not going to start. Yeah, but I'm not going to start uh, pulling models left and right if I were single, especially living at home with my parents for the seeable future. I'm pretty sure none of you went through this yourself. But if you have any advice, all right. So right out of school, I mean, this isn't going to work. We just get to that part of it That's all right. yeah. yeah, yeah.
1: Because here's the thing: if if this were the lady that was writing this, I would have a different opinion but because the guy is writing this he is way too rational about her for this to work long term because if it was like that for him if it was like that for him he would be so irrational we know how we are when we're really into somebody and it's going to be a thing there's no rationality into it before i drove from louisiana tech university in Ruston, Louisiana, okay, to, uh, I drove from Baton Rouge to Louisiana Tech University in Ruston, Louisiana, three and a half hours away to go on a date with my girl who had a track thing the next morning. So I didn't want to stay overnight. I drove three hours to take her out, go back to her room, fun, fun time, got up, 11 o'clock, drove back three hours, all right? just because I hadn't seen her over the summer, irrational when you're really just find somebody that you're irrationally into because he's way too rational about this right now. If it was a lady, they always put rationality before anything a lot of the time. But for him, I don't think he really feeling her like that. That's what would be my two cents. He's thinking too much. It's too calculating the mileage. It's a woman.
0: Well, maybe it's, he's expensing it. Just billing it, billing it. <laughs> but we don't want to get him in trouble. I think a couple quick follow-ups on it could be maybe my man wants just some kind of option because he's living at home Mm. while he gets the adult life started. Um, Some guys would be fired up to be going back to their school on weekends, the girl they were dating. Uh, I would find that to be an absolute personal hell. All of my boys are gone. Mm. All of my boys are gone. I'm out at the same bars. And even though I'm sure I know plenty of the juniors, sophomores from previous years. I mean, again, I still stayed in my college town, so I still knew all these guys. But like it, once your crew is gone and then you're trying to do it without them, I don't care how young you are because it's easy for us as being older going, oh, you're 22. Like who cares? Don't be in a hurry because I do think that that does apply to other things. And this one, I totally get it. The other thing I need to know more about is her deal. Like what's her deal? Is she, are you the only dude she's hung out with? Or like, you know, what's going on there? Because there's a really good chance this isn't even going to be your decision. She's going to be like, you know what kind of blows is dating an adult while I have two years left of college. So that could get old real quick. I remember there was a time, you know, I'm actually not going to tell that story. But, uh, look, <laughs> you're right, it. though. No, it's, it's not even that good. I mean, it's just. it's But, 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 you, know,
1: but you know what, I, what I'll say? First of all, I think that college lasts for a specific point, but I think college mode Being in college mode, depending on where you are, especially if you're in a college town, being in college mode, that kind of lasts to like 25. Like In Baton Rouge, you get out of college 22, 23, if you're lucky. College mode, like where you're still going to around the people, that kind of lasts to like 25. I'll say this about them. He intimated that she's more into him than he is into her by saying that he was the hotter one in the relationship. That's what he was trying to say when he said that.
0: Right. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. But, I mean, again, it could be a real rude awakening, you know? (laughs) All of a sudden, all the girls are getting together, they're doing stuff, you know, and it's like, I have a man boyfriend, you know? (laughs) So she may make the decision for you. It doesn't sound like you care all that much, but you may have completely limited options because when you are out in the streets for real and you're like, do you want to come home? But my roommates are awake. Oh, they're also my mom and dad. Uh, You know, that's not... uh, You're going to be Mariana Rivera to be closing down that situation when you still live with your parents. (laughs) All right. All right. This one's a little bit more adult. You ready? Let's do it. All right. Bring it back. Okay, let's step up the uh, the stakes here. This title is Companionship Dilemma. <laughs> C- congrats to Kyle. 5'10", 195. Haven't maxed bench in years, but 5 times 5 and 275 is typically where I'll end my sets. All right? Well. It's strong. Pretty strong dude. I know you're having some issues with your bench. We can talk about that quickly. Yeah. Bad. My basketball game is somewhere on the ability spectrum between 2009 Eddie House and... Uh, PSH and along came Polly. Uh.
1: Ryan, what, where, where you be getting these niggas from, bro? Like, what, like, what, like, what, like, what, like what, bro, who, who are these guys? Bro, like, who, are these, who says that? Shout out to this guy, bro. Like, what, like, where, be, where these guys go from, bro?
0: Just so we're clear, am I allowed to chuckle there?
1: Shut up. Go keep reading the goddamn story.
0: He's fine. I just want to make sure. Okay. Uh, yeah. I mean, somebody sent one in the other day. It was such a good comp that I almost <laughs> wrote him a personal email because I don't think I was going to read the email, but I was like, that's the best player comp I've ever heard because it was kind of funny anyway. But Eddie House is a good, a lot of, there's a lot of Eddie Houses out there. I still, I still argue Eddie House in the 1950s, there's statues of Eddie House outside of every basketball gymnasium in the country. <laughs> Eddie could shoot it, bro. Right. No, I'm just saying like if you just time traveled Eddie House, right. in 1950s basketball, we would, there'd be buildings all over the country named after Eddie House. That's just, right. a, you know, there we go. All right. All right. So here we go. Um, <laughs> Philip Seymour Hoffman, for those who don't get the PSH, right. I'm writing regarding a dilemma that uh, only a person of a certain age and still single hopefully could reach. Is there appropriate age where paying for short uh, term companionship is on the table? Uh, This situation is also assuming legality is not an issue and I won't be out in the street at midnight offering ladies a ride around town. I'm in my late 30s and make good money and have a great savings plan, a.k.a. not having children. At this point, I'm lacking the time and energy to put myself out there and the idea of meaningful commitments not ideal presently. I still frequent bars, but the bar scene now consists of me sitting at the bar drinking a beer and breaking down pick and roll and drop. Wait, is this about me? Um, dribble handoff coverage just anyone that will listen as you can safely assume basements are not flooding i'm half jokingly brought up this topic uh, recently amongst a couple of my boys but they've been married with kids and we were a few beers deep they thought it wasn't out of the question to pursue but not sure if i should be attributing that to the beers should i be heavily weighing the moral issue a uh, moral issue or social stigma if people were to find out I'm certain my family would be disappointed, to put it lightly, uh, but when my buddies ostracize me too? For reference, most of my friends are reasonable, logical people like yourselves, so thoughts on discovering one of your boys does this may suffice. Also, do you think there would be an issue of never being capable of reverting back to a normal relationship? If for some reason, circumstances mindset were to change, for clarity, not a relationship with a companion. This isn't Pretty Woman. I haven't seen it, but that's my understanding of the plot. All right. <laughs> I don't know that we've ever covered this one before. Fan is just getting to talk. Go ahead. Go ahead.
1: Yo, man. Okay. Um. Fuck. Okay. So look, um, this is the way I look at that. When we say, first of all, we would say short term companionship. It depends on like what we're talking about. I mean, it really doesn't, but I want to know what he's talking about. What, when you hear short term companionship, what do you think he means? Hooker, well, no, but for how long? Because <laughs> if he's do, because think about what.
0: I, what do you mean for how long? So, uh, but
1: li- but listen, because think about what he said. If you were to hire a working girl, escort, whatever, to come over to a sex worker to come over to your place, why would your friends know? So, like, why would like why would it be a situation to where your friends would have? Are you talking about you're gonna hire somebody for a weekend? Like, or if you guys are all going on a trip, you're going to hire a I think he just meant, I
0: think he was just going to start saying like, this is my, sorry to interrupt, but like, this is sort of my deal. Now, again, I, that, I, let me jump in only because someone recently, you know, not that long ago was like, Hey, you don't know about this. And I was like, <laughs> no, I don't. Like, it's not my world. I like to cuddle too much. Right. So, you know, nah, you can um, pay for that,
1: too. <laughs> you can. It's all on the table, right?
0: Right. But like <sighs> he, he was explaining to me this kind of deal that mm-hmm. exists. And I went, oh, yeah, I don't I don't know. And then he was like, you know, and he was kind of like looking at me, you know, again, single getting older. And I was Mm -hmm. like, nah, you know, whatever. And he was like almost surprised. I didn't know about the deal and didn't know the, and it wasn't, it wasn't the old traditional exchange. It seemed to be a little bit more advanced where there was like a feeling of each other out stage. Yeah. And then it was like, honestly, it felt like you were just paying for a girlfriend that's, was, that's what I'm right. asking. Yeah, because yeah, like right.
1: They're, because they're situ- if this guy is talking about, if this guy is talking about, hey, I'm going to have a different girl every weekend, whatever. But there are like sites, seekingarrangements.com, all kinds of stuff where there are relationships between people that are essentially fueled by money, meaning right. that these people are accessible to you whenever you want them to be. But there is a financial component to that. The women are probably going to look a lot different than the spouses of his friends and so because of that he might have some explaining to do if people go well where did you guys meet or how are you guys hanging out if you're somebody that's 27 28 years old or 24 25 years old or whatever it is so he's I guess confronting that for me I guess what I'm wondering is why he's having such a hard time with it and I and what I would say about that is this more, I'm not
0: surprised I'm not surprised why he's having a hard time because he's he hasn't broke you gotta like emotionally break the glass to do this right
1: so I mean this is the thing there are ways to do this to where I mean you don't want to be involved with anyone who's uh, the victim of any sex trafficking you want to make sure that you're buttoned up in is your this local, a PSA here <laughs> as I'm serious you want to make sure that you're buttoned up in your local jurisdiction as far as that's concerned but other than that, if you're too busy and you're going through a phase in life, then that's what's happening. There's somebody listening to this right now who I know will hear this, who is very dear to me, who essentially explained to me in the late 2000s why this is what they are doing. And somebody and just told me, you know what, I'm busting my ass. I, I just got to this particular city. I just got, I'm four or five years out of, of uh of college. And and in, in my field, it's very fast paced. This is what I'm doing for right now. I don't have time for anything else. Blah 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 blah. And I, I don't, if that's if he's come if he's thought about it this much, he wants us to give him a reason why he why it's okay for him to do it. So I say, just fucking let her rip, bro. I mean, if your friends look at you differently because of this, then those aren't friends that you want to have. Just Be careful, because if you get into the life, then there are things that come along with that. I would say more that he has to be a little bit more vigilant about if there's some guy that's controlling any of the women that he might see, if this is on the up and up, because you could Robert Craft yourself very easily. So there are risks that are taken in some of these types of situations, but. I, I would think that in 2023 this wouldn't be that big of a deal Ryan what are your thoughts
0: I remember there was a I don't know let me be vague about it but there was a guy I think he had <laughs> lost his wife no he was older yeah, and then yeah. you know next thing you know he had like a wife mm-hmm. who was third 30 and he was maybe 50 mm-hmm. and she wasn't from here and all of us made fun of him behind his back we just did mm-hmm. Right, we were like, dude, seriously, yeah. but you know what? Fuck the rest of us, yeah, fuck them, because we still hung out with them. Yeah, and we all talk about each other anyway. So that was his thing. Whatever yeah. his previous topic was, it pivoted into this being the topic. And she was actually kind of nice. And uh, I think his brother ended up doing the exact same thing, because then his brother was like, "Yo, how's that going?" He was like, S- same "Pretty girl? good." same girl no no they Th- that would be fantastic yeah slightly slightly no 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 like married married and then she was like i have a friend and then the other guy married her so we were kind of like what the fuck dude like you can't just go out to happy hour you know like these guys these guys weren't like so off the grid that it you know they they'd already dated other people before or whatever but whatever it was about that setup they liked it. And that's what they went home to. And both guys appeared to be pretty happy. And other guys that knew them better than I did were like, honestly, those guys are like a lot happier, happier than I've seen them in a really long time. So I think it really comes down to, you know, what kind of price do you think you're paying that's going to bother you and then weighing that against you're at a point where you're already thinking about this, right? I'm not super judgy about anything you're already thinking about this so you know you kind of like want the permission right you're tr- you're trying to you know that like in probably another five years if you don't do it then you're going to be like fuck it i'm definitely doing it now like that's the that's the lane that you seem you're are reaching towards here but i would i would just personally have a hard time with going like oh i gotta get another handbag here yeah because yeah, you, like that would be- just drive me nuts I'm like, yeah because
1: you, you know you do back squats and all of that stuff so you 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 It's a, it's a, it's a thing with you. You like, you want, see, there's a thing you want to be wanted. Some people just want to, some people just want company. Like you, like for you, you're a competitive guy and you're a, you know what I'm saying? You, you want, you watch Yellowstone. So you want to be like, you look at John Dutton and you go, yeah, that's the fucking guy. You know, John Dutton wouldn't do that.
0: No nailed it. I mean, I don't do, I don't do back squats for the ass. However you want to frame it or mine. yeah,
1: you, you, you you want, but this guy is saying, Hey, I'm at a point, but that doesn't really bother me. I'll tell you this. The longer he waits, the more he ensures that it's a lifestyle. See (laughs) if he's in his late thirties now or whatever, he could go on like a four or five year run of this and then meet somebody. If you start, if he gets this itch at 55, 60, now he's kind of really out of the game or even at 50, he's really out of the game. And now, I mean, you know, for the rest of his fucking life, it's, it's it's kind of the deal. So go ahead and get it out of your system. Who knows? You might get a pretty woman situation. Or you might give your bank card to the wrong person, end up destitute on Craigslist trying to buy a mattress that people
0: already slept in. But that's
1: life's an adventure,
0: baby. Right. Who knows? Good luck, though. Yeah. <laughs> there's a, There's a world. There's <laughs> worlds of stuff out there where you're like, when somebody will explain it to me, like one girl was telling me, she's like, yeah, I have a friend that makes like this much just by selling pictures of her feet. And I went, are you out of your mind? And it like, when you're not in that and you just hear this passing story, like the people that maybe listen, I don't know how much the audience is, is super educated in this world, but when the non-educated hear about it, it blows your fucking mind. Nuts.
1: One time I was asked like, yeah, man, look, you know, what, what does she do? Because she doesn't, I ain't never seen her work. Like, did she go to an office or something like that? Like, what is, what is this? Like, what your homegirl, like, what is she into? What does she do? What's, the, what's her job? Because you're saying that, you know, she's going to meet you at like, you're off work today. What does she do? She goes, nah, I'll tell you what she does. And I'm like, what? She does these niggas. And I'm like, huh? And she and she's like, <laughs> and she, and I'm like, what? And so that's what she does. And I'm with it. Like, it, have your freedom. Like, I like have, do your thing. You know what I'm saying? I am I have no problem with it. How, as long as everybody is safe and happy, fucking have at it, man. Bro, if you can hear my voice, dog, let her rip, bro. Have some fun, man. Why not?
0: There you go. That's life advice with Van Lathan. <laughs> Kicked it up a notch here. Emerald style. Uh... You don't hear that a lot. Not many Emerald references lately. <laughs> Pop culture. Uh, thank you, Van. What, uh, what do you have? Give us the schedule to promote everything that's coming out because I know you uh, just taped something this morning. Uh,
1: bro, I don't know, man. Like I'm doing a lot of podcasts. I'm everywhere. Go, go check them out. Me and Charles Holmes, Prestige TV Pod, uh, Ringerverse stuff is kicking up, Secret Invasion, House of Midnight, Higher Learning. All kinds of stuff are happening over here at the Ringer Podcast Network, but uh, it's always a pleasure to jump on with Martin Riggs. Merton Riggs, lethal weapon of, of, of the ringers.
0: Always fun. Thanks, buddy. Peace. All right. I hope everybody enjoyed Van, the Ryan Rusillo podcast. Please subscribe. Thanks to Kyle. Thanks to Steve. Bring your spot